You're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. And this episode is sponsored by CSL Securus. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to examine how we can improve influenza vaccination rates in urban communities is Dr. Natalia Castillo, who's an assistant professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at University of Nebraska Medical Center. Dr. Castillo, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. So to start us off, I'd like to do some level setting. Dr. Castillo, why is getting the flu vaccine so important, particularly this year? So there are many reasons to get an influenza vaccine each year. First and most importantly, I would say it reduces your chances of severe illness that is being hospitalized or dying. So to have an example, in the 2019-2020 influenza season, the flu vaccine prevented about 105,000 flu hospitalizations and 6,300 deaths. So that's why it's important. And I would say the second point is that it can reduce the likelihood of getting sick from the flu at all. So this year in particular, it's important because we expect flu cases to rise this year. COVID restrictions have been lifted. So while social distancing and wearing masks kept the 2021-2022 flu season milder, getting your flu vaccine will prevent the nation's healthcare system from being overwhelmed by influenza, COVID, and other respiratory viruses such as RSV. So we're thinking this year we'll be having this pandemic that will include not only COVID and influenza, but RSV too. Uh, with that background in mind, can you give us a quick snapshot of influenza vaccination rates in urban communities? So data from the CDC from the 2022-2023 season as of October 22nd of this year, 137 million doses of flu vaccine have been distributed in the United States. And this data is up to date or updated since November 4th of 2022. Just to give you kind of a comparison, this is less than prior years around the same time. So for example, during the 2020-2021 influenza season, during the same time, approximately we had 165 million doses. So now we have 137. And if you look at the 2021-2022 season, it was 150 million doses. So we're still not catching up to prior influenza seasons. The good news, even though it's early, is that at least there have been no differences in estimates between race, ethnicity groups so far this season, but it's pretty early to tell. So then let's zero in on what might be contributing to this issue. Starting with geographic factors, how do they impact vaccination rates? Yeah, so there is significant evidence of geographic inequity in vaccine coverage exists within countries, within states, and between populations living in the rural, in the peri-urban, and urban areas. So we know those living farther from healthcare facilities are less likely to be immunized or to be immunized on time than those living closer to healthcare facilities. So despite the improvement in vaccination rates at a national level, local disparities persist. So it's not only harder to get people who are difficult to reach vaccinated, but also those that have lower social economic status. 
So and just kind of reviewing for this interview, I found this data or snapshot from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and they noted that African-Americans had higher rates of influenza vaccination if they lived on the East Coast, while American Indian and Alaskan Natives had a higher vaccination on the West Coast. And these are highly populated areas that have transportation or easy access to vaccination. Are there any other socioeconomic factors that fit into this equation? Yeah, so there have been multiple studies on the relationship between socioeconomic status and influenza immunization, but it depends on how you look at socioeconomic status. For example, if you just measure a single measure or if you do a combination of measures like education, income, and class, there have been studies where there is an association or increased higher rates of influenza vaccination when you have a higher socioeconomic status. But those studies mainly have been related to a single measure like income. But there are other factors such as public or private insurance that may give you better access to health care or you can pay out of pocket. Or if you have a better job, you can afford better health insurance or access to care. So there are other factors that you can also reflect on your social position, like what are your working conditions, your job security, and what are your social support that might mitigate some of the access, quality of education, income, and other factors. So those are some of the factors apart from race, ability to get vaccinated or gender. For example, there is some gender-based discrimination or social stigma that may influence how an individual get access to vaccination overall. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and speaking with Dr. Natalia Castillo about the challenges patients in urban communities often face when accessing influenza vaccines. So Dr. Castillo, now that we have a better sense of the barriers contributing to low vaccination rates in urban communities, what intervention strategies can we use to help address these challenges? So as there are many barriers to influenza vaccination, I think it's important to focus our efforts because there are numerous parts that we can make a difference. But I would say right now, the most important thing would be effective communication. There's a lot of information out there with social media and hesitancy. So not everyone is in the same page or trusts vaccines. So I think having that conversation and giving the right information to your patients or to your neighbors on why it's important to get yourself vaccinated and those that live with you vaccinated. I think another thing that we can do to address these challenges are identifying key members of your community. And that kind of goes along with hesitancy. If you can identify somebody that is trusted within the community, that you can give that message to that person. For example, if it's a priest or a local community leader, that will make a better effort even if you're coming up with this idea of mass clinics with volunteers, that may address some problems because you do this mass clinics, you can reduce the amount of waiting times, you don't need appointments, and people will have a better access to vaccines. But if they don't trust you, even though you have the best setup for that, it's not going to work. And I think there are things that we as providers, or I would say as a public health app, we're still trying to develop 
improve vaccines that would elicit broader immunity. Right now, we're doing our best to match vaccines to the prior influenza or serotypes that were circulating, but that's something that we're actively working on. And you know, COVID did bring something good, and it was innovative approaches to vaccine design. So other types of vaccines like mRNA vaccines for influenza is something that we as providers have been working on. And finally, how might improving influenza vaccination rates in urban communities impact both patients and the healthcare system as a whole? Yeah. So when we're thinking on how to improve influenza vaccination rates, it will not only impact both patients in the severity of presentation or how healthy they are, it will protect those that are not going to mount a good immune response like immunosuppressed patients. But also now that rates are increasing, just like we saw with COVID, it can put a lot of difficulty in the healthcare system. And then if you need to come for something that is not related to influenza or EDs or hospitals may be overwhelmed. So if you get vaccinated, you can get a mild disease, you can stay home. Just if you get influenza and just manage it rather than presenting with a severe disease that will just collapse the healthcare system as well. So I think it's just for the well-being of the community as well as the healthcare system that will help a lot. Well, with those final thoughts in mind, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Natalia Castillo, for joining me to discuss how we can address influenza vaccination rates in urban communities. Dr. Castillo, it was great having you on the program. Thank you for having me. This episode of Clinician's Roundtable was sponsored by CSL Securus. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash Clinician's Roundtable, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.